Gosh, it's one of my favorite stories. It was a, she was about nine years old and she came up to me and said she wanted to go visit her grandma. She wanted us all to take a big family vacation to go see grandma. The thought of going to visit grandma isn't a, an inexpensive journey. There's six of us in our family. Everybody's now over the age of two, which means six plane tickets um, to go across the country. And I kind of just laid it down like, sorry, babe, we just don't have the money. You're going to have to get a job. And I wasn't <laughs> serious. You know, that's just one of those things I feel like you say when you're kind of yeah. a snarky mom, like get a job. And it was so cute because she was thought about it for a second and was like, okay, what can I do? Like, I'll work. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, now what do I do? Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Our guest today is Meg Brunson. Meg is a multi-passionate mama living in Phoenix, Arizona with her husband and four young daughters. She's a serial entrepreneur and a former Facebook employee, and she's striving to provide a better life for her family through entrepreneurship. She's the founder of EIEIO Marketing, the host of Familypreneur Podcast, and recently helped her 10-year-old launch her first business. Hi, Meg. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Meg. Thank you. Meg, wow, you have so much going on. It is like hard to know where to even start. You have a blog, a podcast, a business that manages social media advertising for companies. You run an online community. You edit another blog and you are mom to four young ladies. How did all of this happen? <laughs> well, it's funny how... Things just kind of roll out and, and change. I've always been entrepreneurial at heart. Um, I think my first, you know, side hustle was in college, um, and then I I kept a side hustle throughout my life. Whatever it was changed based on you know what I was passionate about or what I was interested in at any given moment. But I always had my full-time job, and then some sort of a, a part-time side hustle where I was just trying to explore what I was passionate about and make a little extra money, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so I always had something there. Um, when I was pregnant with my third child, I had some serious health issues mm. and I ended up needing to be hospitalized, um, like near-death type health issues. It was kind of traumatic. And I told my husband, I'm done. And just like that, I, I didn't go back to work and I said, I'm going to make entrepreneurship work because life's too short and um, I want more time. I want more freedom. I want to enjoy, you know, the life that I have and the family that I have. And he supported me 100%. He actually worked two jobs for a while, um, which allowed me to find my way a little bit and begin to bring in mm -hmm. some income. Um then we, you know, welcomed a fourth child. And I actually went to Facebook after the birth of my fourth child. I stayed there for about a year, 
But not, the job was super cool. And that's why I took it, right? Because it's Facebook. I mean, who doesn't want to work at Facebook? Sure. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so I took the job because it seemed like it would be amazing. It was in marketing, which is something I had been um, – it had been a niche that I was working in for a really long time, and I really love marketing. So I went for it, and it was just as cool as I imagined it would be. But the thing that didn't change was the fact that I still had this family. Um, I lost my dad when I was really young. So that's one of those triggers for me that I really want to make sure that I'm able to spend time with my kids and meet all of their needs. And it got to the point where I was running out of time. You know, as cool as Facebook is, it's still a business and you still have, right. you know, sick time and vacation time. And if if you don't have that left, then you you got to go to work. Um, and I didn't want to miss the school plays or the field trips or, or things of that sort. So uh, I decided to return home and jump back in with two feet into this entrepreneurial world that I, I had gotten used to before, knowing that I'd get used to it again. Um, and that's kind of the condensed version. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. And speaking of your family, your 10-year-old daughter, Kiki, she has her own website. How cool is that? <laughs> Story time with Kiki. So cute. Did she come up with that idea or did you help her kind of make that vision a reality? Gosh, it's one of my favorite stories. It was a, She was about nine years old and she came up to me and said she wanted to go visit her grandma. She wanted us all to take a big family vacation to go see grandma. <laughs> well, we used to live you, not together like in the same house, but together in the same area. We were from Rochester, New York. Mm -hmm. And we've since moved across the country. We're now in Phoenix, Arizona. And grandma actually moved too. She's down in South Carolina. So the thought of... Going to visit grandma isn't a, an inexpensive journey. There's six mm -hmm. of us in our family. Everybody's now over the age of two, which means six plane tickets um, to go across the country. And I kind of just laid it down like, sorry, babe, we just don't have the money. You're going to have to get a job. <laughs> and I wasn't serious. You know, that's just one of those things I, I feel like you say when you're kind of yeah. a snarky mom, like, get a job. And it was so cute because she was thought about it for a second and was like, okay, what can I do? Like, I'll work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. Like, now what do I do? Like, well, I don't want to tell her, well, you can't get a job because I don't, I really want to encourage, you know, I don't like using can't, I guess is a better mm -hmm. way to say it. Like, I, I want to give her something that she could do, something she could strive for. And coming from New York, the common things that I feel like we did as kids, like myself, shoveling driveways. But there's no snow here in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, mowing lawns, but there's no grass here either. It was like I all the typical, even a lemonade stand, it gets to be like 120 degrees here in the summer. I can't send her out there with lemonade. You know, even with ice cubes, it's going to be hot. Um, <laughs> so I felt like we had to think outside the box. And I explained to her when it comes to my entrepreneurship and, and how adults figure out what they want to do. The first step is to identify what you're an expert in. You know, there's something, everybody has marketable skills. So so what are you an expert in? And then how can you monetize it? Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, I didn't use exactly those words. I, I broke it down a little bit for her. Um, and we brainstormed a little bit. She, she wrote down, you know, all the things she was good at. And ultimately, the thing that she decided she was an expert in was being a big sister. And Aww. I was like, okay, well, that's good. But like, you, you're not old enough to babysit. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to figure out what she could monetize. So we broke it down further. 
and said, what kind of tasks do you do as a big sister that help other people? You know, what helps your sisters and what helps us as parents? And ultimately, we came down to reading. That's the number one way she helps us because she reads to her sisters, which mm-hmm. entertains her sisters. I mean, they love to be read to, obviously. All kids do, I think. Um, and it gives her an opportunity to, I don't know, just really develop a, a relationship with them, reading with them, teaching them. But it also gives my husband and I a break. <laughs> you know, we've got four kids. We're always playing with somebody or or reading to somebody or making somebody a snack. You know, it gives us a chance to do something else if she's reading, you know, to them. So that's how she decided that reading would be the focus of her business. And then we just approached ways to monetize it. And right now she's using Amazon affiliate links and um, she's selling books from a direct sales company. Um, wow. And again, it's it's modified. You know, she is only 10 and it's also important that she do her homework and play with her friends. So it's not like she's she's really pushing this business like most adults would. But she has her little business cards and <laughs> she, uh, she goes live on Facebook from time to time and yeah. tells people about her favorite stories. And it's really teaching her, I feel, some important skills. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a kiddo that's always been bright. You know, she did... A lot of stuff early when it comes to like being a baby and the first time she walked and the first time she talked. Like she was one of those kind of early developer kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when she got to school, I don't know, I kind of expected that because she talked early, she'd be smarter than (laughs) average or something. Um, But she did really poorly in school, to be honest. You know, as soon as they started getting letter grades, she was bringing home Ds and Fs, especially Mm. in math. Like, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't... She doesn't learn, I feel like, the same way as as a lot of kids do. Um, She's been diagnosed since then with ADHD, and we're managing it and things of that sort. But um, this project has really helped her apply math to real-life situations that that she's passionate about. You know, so she needs to figure out adding and subtracting and dividing because she doesn't get to keep all of her profits. She only keeps a third of them. A third goes into savings and a third is donated to a charity, which she's allowed to choose Mm -hmm. where that money goes. Um, But this is, you know, when she walks into Toys R Us, this is how much money she's allowed to spend. She doesn't want to get that math wrong. So (laughs) she's uh, she's turned those grades around. She actually brought home straight A's for the first time this year. Which has oh, been wow. incredible. Oh. And we did check the name three times just to make sure it was really her report card. <laughs> how do you keep her interest? I mean, has she maintained the same level of enthusiasm about it? I mean, I guess I'm just feeling like a little kid like that would just like say, okay, you know what? I'm done with this now. I mean, but it sounds like she's really maintained an interest in growing her business. It, it definitely ebbs and flows. So, In December, she didn't really do much. We had a lot of other stuff going on, you know, with the holidays. Sure. Um, Just picking an example. Um, But she can always go back to it. And that's kind of what we've just encouraged her to do. So if she starts to complain about being bored or, or things of that sort, we remind her that this is something she can do. And she also knows she gets money from it. So that's motivating enough for her. And I think... Because it's books, it's also something that's going to be able to grow with her. Because right now she's 10, she's interested in, you know, XYZ books, and she's reading and reviewing them. 
But next year, even if her her likes and interests change, she can change the books that she's reviewing. You know, it can really grow with her. Um, so it does ebb and flow for sure. But I feel like reading has been one of those things that's been so ingrained in in our kids because we do read to them very frequently, typically every day, but, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, <laughs> so I think that she's just used to reading and it's just that writing piece that that she's had to add to it. And we actually um, have let her use Google Drive has like a tool where you can actually, I'm trying to think of what it's called, but you can speak and it transcribes your speech. Mm-hmm. So she'll go on or we'll go on together and like I'll ask her questions and she'll actually dictate what she wants the blog post to say, which helps her not get too tired of writing. Wow, that's an awesome tip. I'm going to use that for myself. <laughs> and I have two friends, actually. I'm going to make sure they listen to this episode because uh, one of them has a child who's interested in yoga instruction and the other has a child who's bilingual and, and her mom is, mm. is developing a blog around that. So do you have like tips for parents who want to go in this direction where they want to gently guide their kids into really creating something around their interests? Jeez, and I part of the reason that I started, I don't want to take this too far <laughs> off track, but part that's part of the reason I started the podcast. I feel like there aren't a lot of really good resources and I really want to explore it deeper. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that eventually I'm going to have those good resources. I just have to build them out. But um <laughs> <laughs> as far as like getting started, like what we did, I would just be open and communicate with your kids. It's amazing. They're like they are like little sponges and I think it's easy to underestimate what they're capable of, you know, but it's, it's so fun to me to just hear her tell people like what affiliate links are and how they work, (laughs) you know, because there's adults who don't know and it's totally okay because not everybody needs to know that. But I try to just, you know, keep the door open as often as possible and really explain what I'm doing. So they know that I'm not just in here playing games on the computer, you know, because for them, that's what they think of when they think of computers, they think of games. So explaining that what I'm doing is working and this is how we make money. And, you know, I don't get into how much money I'm making necessarily, but as an entrepreneur too, income's not as predictable. So, there will be times where if we can't afford something, I'm just honest with her that, you know, this it's not in the budget this month because we made I made less money, you know, this month at work than I did last month at work. And I'm that's part of the reason why I'm in my office and why I close the doors sometimes because I'm trying to make more money. And she's starting to grasp some of those concepts. So I think in age appropriate ways, just keeping the line of communication open with your kids. Because they pick up on this stuff and, you know, they, they do understand it. And I do, I love when somebody asks them, you know, what does your mom do? And I, like I said, I'm multi-passionate. I've got a couple different buckets. You know, I've diversified some of my income, but they'll typically rattle off one or two of the business names. And I don't know, I just think it's kind of cool, you know, because it, even though I'm an entrepreneur and sometimes it's hard to think of yourself as a business, you know, that mindset, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, they don't doubt it, you know, like they they just don't doubt it. So (laughs) I I think at this point, it's just keeping the communication open. 
Um, I don't know of any specific resources that are geared directly for kids, which is why I decided to kind of try to build one out, you know, a community where people can support other parents going through the same things. Well, since you started this, since your daughter started her her business, you have kind of taken that experience and combined it with with that work, and you've started the Familypreneur, um, which is a, the, your podcast that features guests who are trying to integrate family and business together, much in the same way that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about how this is a relatively new podcast, but you're well on your way. You've had um, lots of great guests already. And uh, what is your vision for the podcast? How do you see this developing in the future? Yeah, I'm hoping to just continue to reach more and more entrepreneurs. Not everybody's a parent that we've interviewed. Um, Some of our guests just have really great tips. They may be you know, experts in areas that parents could benefit from. But my goal is really to build that community of of parent entrepreneurs. I feel like there's so many unique situations that we are encountering, you know, that entrepreneurs who don't have children or parents who are not entrepreneurs don't face, you know. So being able to explore some of those unique situations and challenges that we encounter and really learn and and get motivated from other people who are doing things differently, not necessarily better, but differently to explore whether those, you know, may be worth trying in our own lives. So I'm kind of just hoping that the podcast evolves naturally. I mean, I really want to focus on this concept of raising entrepreneurial children. Um, Not that I'm stuck on the idea that my kids have to be entrepreneurs when they grow up. I mean, if they decide to go to college and be a doctor, you know, that's that's great. That's wonderful. But I just I no longer believe that that's the only way. You know, when I was in high school, I felt like to be successful, you go to college. and, And that was just it. You know, and then once you got there, I had my own ideas about which, you know, professions would be the most profitable. But now I I feel like that's not the best way to approach it anymore. So this by giving them these entrepreneurial skills and experiences as children, I believe that we're we're paving additional paths so that when they finish high school, there's not just one path to college and they either are on it or they fall off. You know, and then they're working at a fast food restaurant, which is fine if that's what you want to do. Nothing against fast food. But I want them to have, you know, 10 paths in front of them so that they can follow the one that they want to follow. And if it's college, great. If it's starting their own business or continuing their existing business or something of that sort, as long as it's legal, right, then I'm in support of it. (laughs) And I'm hoping that the podcast... um, just continues to to bring some really great great guests and entrepreneurs and we can build out a community and resources for other parents in similar situations. Well, it's and I think that I absolutely agree with you as far as like the skills that that your daughter and other kids and you know, even anyone who's in the entrepreneurial world, these skills are really transferable to just so many different things, you know, um, so it's really kind of the building blocks to something, you know, and I think, um, I think it's great to kind of tap into those interests and let them, you know, see where they go. And I think that that's true for an entrepreneur, no matter where you're at in the process. Um, but I know everybody asks you this, 
But can you tell us if you have any special tips for how to manage all of the things that you have going on, as well as four children and a few businesses, plus all the other things you've got going on? How do you keep this all? How do you make this all happen? (laughs) So it's a combination of using my calendar (laughs) to keep things organized and communicating things with my husband. Those are probably the two biggest um, things. So I've... I keep tweaking and changing the way I'm leveraging my calendar to try to find the exact approach that works for me to make sure that I'm, you know, meeting all my responsibilities and getting all my tasks done. But like I said, communicating things with my husband and and really my kids too, I suppose. Um, So I I try to leave the door open as much as possible so that I can get work done and and the kids are comfortable to come in here and and be exposed to it. But letting people know, you know, the the door is going to be locked now because I have a phone call or I have a meeting. Mm -hmm. And those are things that the kids and my husband um, respect, you know, when the the door is closed for those reasons. Um, And letting him know when I need help with something. And that's a big challenge that I had is I'm kind of a control freak. Um, (laughs) So I like to do everything myself. And um, I've had to learn to let go a little bit. So outsource some things to him and trust that he's fully capable of, of doing those tasks. Everything from making lunches and bringing the kids to school to, you know, I don't know, folding laundry. Like he helps me a lot with the housework, which lets, which frees me up to pursue all of my entrepreneurial um, passions because I'm much more entrepreneurially driven than he is. Um, So I think the calendar and the husband are <laughs> are how I'm able to manage as much as I am. <laughs> we love to share tips like that with our listeners. It's it's. I mean, we talk a lot about organizing and decluttering things and physical objects, but it's also about how you manage your time. That's yes. even a, a more even more important most of the time. Um, so we here at Kanmari, we talk also a lot about vision as well. And you were just talking about the boundaries and respect and and it comes uh, with having somewhere to kind of ground all of your projects. And so uh, in the case of decluttering, uh, the vision is all about where am I going? What is the person I want to become? And so I'm curious, like when you've got an idea and you're like, yeah, this would be a great business. What's your next step? How do you actually plan? Do you do a formal business plan or do you have some other techniques that help you kind of make that idea come to life? Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say I do a formal business plan. Um, I do, I do write things down. I'm a big paper, you know, and pencil person. Sure. So I'll typically write down my ideas and I have um, a very informal network of entrepreneurial friends. So I often run ideas by those people. Um, entrepreneurism. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I make words up. <laughs> <laughs> Being an entrepreneur um, can feel isolating because, you know, I work from mm-hmm. home in my office <laughs> with no other adults and it doesn't really have to be, you know, with the with the internet especially. Um, 
I've got, like I said, a, a network of three or four like really good friends, and and none of them are are local, but they're all on similar journeys where they're kind of emerging entrepreneurs, like not quite, you know, six figure earners or anything like that yet. And we're trying to figure it all out together. So often when I have a new idea, I will run it by them. And they're more than happy to take a look at, you know, the the structure of, of what that business or even that, like a course or something is, um, and get feedback from them. So it's almost like a mini market research, I guess, mm-hmm. to see what people think about about that idea. But I think typically if you're passionate about it, there are so many there are so many crazy businesses out there that mm-hmm. you if you're passionate about it, I really think you can make it happen. It's just finding the other people who are passionate about it like you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, one of the things I, I really loved about your story and the work that you're doing is um, this idea of, of building a love for entrepreneurship and business and kids and within families. And it, and it really kind of struck me when I was reading about the work that you're doing about how at one time having like a family business was a much more common thing than it is now. You know, you had a family store, you had, you know, some a family craft or something that you all did. And it was something that was handed down from, you know, dad to daughters or, um, you know, so it was just kind of a more of a common thing. And I, I still think that that's true today. We still have those kind of businesses, but it's maybe not as much as it used to be. But with what you're doing, it seems as though um, you're cultivating that we are all in this together as a family. and the, the money that comes in and the money that goes out is something that concerns all of us. You know, this is all, we're all here together, which I think is really great. You talked earlier about this idea of sitting down with your daughter and kind of brainstorming ideas until you were able to, to drill it down to something that, that you could put into practice. So do you have like, was that something that just came intuitively to you or did you, did you learn that technique somewhere? How did you pick up on these techniques for, for kind of getting that, that interest and that, um, that, and bringing it to reality with your daughter? Gosh, I wish I knew exactly. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Cause I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I'm sure I got it from somewhere. I feel like we've always had kind of a fun approach to parenting. Um, and trying to give the kids more credit and as far as like what they can understand. So like one of my favorite parenting um, approaches or whatever that I've always taken with my kids is when they ask complicated questions, we turn it back on them rather than answering them. So uh-huh. like when my daughter comes up to me and says, is Santa Claus real? I say, do you? do you think Santa Claus is real? And we hear what she says. Or when she came up to us and said, where do babies come from? And I was like, oh, like, I don't, I don't believe in lying to them. Mm -hmm. So I ask, where do you think babies come from? And then we explore what they think. And I think it's been funny because typically when I asked her, like the babies come from, she said, they, they come from the belly and the doctor, you know, the doctor pulls them out, but I don't know how they get in there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how do you think they get in there? And she said, well, does the man put them there? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so we just kind of rolled with it, you know? So we've always had like a, 
I don't know. I think it's a fun and interesting, maybe it's not super duper unique, but approach to letting the kids try to apply some critical thinking, you know, and and figure (laughs) things out on their own and then support them through that process. And I think that I've never, I've never really thought about it that way before, but I mean, that's how we approached things with some of those early questions we got more frequently when the kid, when, when my oldest was, was little Mm -hmm. and we're still kind of, I think it's related, you know, she wanted to, <laughs> to make money and, and we just explored how it would be possible. So I don't really know where that came from. I'm sure I read about it or something somewhere. Um, but I feel like it's all tied into that same general approach, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Meg, that's wow. So great tips you've shared for any parents and any business owners. And really, your website is just a further extension of the conversation and your website is megbrunson.com. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about your site is you have kind of culled together a, a great great uh, group of resources that anyone can use, kind of your tools that make you able to kind of do it all in a way <laughs> or as much yeah. as you can and, and really keep that balance between business and family. Do you have any current favorite tools or apps or things that business owners can use to just make their life more productive and easier? I think my favorite like web-based tools are a combination of um, Dubsado, which is a CRM system. So it organizes all of the people mm-hmm. <laughs> that I interact with in my business. So for the podcast, those are my podcast guests. And for my marketing business, those are typically my clients and potential clients. So I really love Dubsado because it helps me keep everything organized. And then Acuity is a scheduling software that I use to schedule phone calls and in-person meetings um, and things of that sort. And it automatically integrates with my Google Calendar, which is where I put everything Mm -hmm. so that I don't double book anything, which is really important when you have a lot going on. So I feel like those are my favorite web-based tools right now. And both probably the newer, two of my newest things I've discovered too. It sounds like the calendar is key for you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Wow. I haven't heard of those. So I'm going to check them out for sure. Yeah. That was amazing when I was on your site and I saw that page. It was like it just it's so many different resources and so many that I had not even heard of. It was just great. I really, um, I thought it was very generous that you had gone to so much trouble to make sure that people could access those tools. Oh, but I did notice that one of them was wine.com. <laughs> and so I thought that was very funny. I do I do enjoy the occasional glass of wine at the end of the day. <laughs> For you, absolutely. So we ask all of our guests, what is sparking joy for you today? Yeah, and I... I think it's my kids. I mean, it's not just today. I feel like it's (laughs) this stage of my life, you know, Um, just the happy moments. We we recently went to Disney on ice and, you know, it's it's an expense and we make it work. Um, But gosh, their eyes, their giggles, you know, just having those moments where I can walk out of my office, you know, for a 15 minute break or something and play Paw Patrol with the kids on the ground or um, I say jump on the trampoline loosely because I do it with one foot, you know, because the (laughs) trampoline's little. Um, But (laughs) play with the kids and they love it. You know, they love that one-on-one attention. So just 
that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship and, you know, encouraging adults and parents to be entrepreneurs and encouraging kids to pursue that. You know, it's given us so much freedom and flexibility to enjoy those those moments with the kids and experience those things, you know, going on field trips and um, when they come to you and they're like, please come with me on the field trip and to be able to just be like, okay, what is it? You know, like I'll make it work. No big deal because I'm my boss and I'll give myself the day off. Um, so just the kids, their, their smiles and their giggles and it's infectious. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's so sweet. You can find Meg on her website at megbunson.com. Her marketing website is EIEIO Marketing. You can find her on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under The Meg Brunson. Her Facebook is at Meg24. And Kiki's website is kidsoutandabout.com. Meg's podcast is Familypreneur, and we will be sure to, to put all of her um, details in our show notes because you definitely want to check it out. Thank you so much. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the Spark Joy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey, of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago, and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.